Roxo Media House. Welcome back, Brenton, to Fortitude. Uh, I am JW. I think you knew that. You're Brenton Payne. This is Rock Fortitude. Rocco's just getting into the music, man. Why are Beautiful. you cutting them off like that? I'm not cutting anything off. Welcome. Uh, thank you for being here. Uh, we are sponsored by Captex Bank, the best bank in town, our opinion. But they make all this happen for us, Brenton. So we, we're kind of obligated to say that. But it's actually true because we know yeah. Mike Thomas. He's a good dude. Yep. Welcome to the stage of the show, Philippe Armenta, chef and restaurateur in our precious Fort Worth, a very beloved chef and restaurateur here. He gets here. a big crowd. Indeed he does. Did you notice the crowd difference there? I like that. Like, yeah. Like you that. got a little big, you got more of an arena yes. crowd. I like yeah. that. This guy's got a really cool vibe too. He kind of lays low just yeah. enough to, you know, not to make you want to, you want to know what's going on more. Does Louis but, Vuitton shoes uh, make a cool vibe? Like Louis Vuitton uh, sneakers, man. Like that's. And sneakers, yep. even <laughs> I use it, that. It real cool, real cool yeah. vibe, real yeah, cool yeah, yeah. smooth. Philippe, yeah. thank you for joining us, yeah, man. Thank honored you. for you to be here. All right, Philippe, you, there's a lot going on in your life. Uh, let's let's start back at the beginning. Your your background and your family. You got you have a really cool backstory. You told me a little bit. It's led to some of your your restaurants. But start back when the family was getting going. Well, we're we're originally from Houston. Family of uh, five. I uh, have a younger brother and a younger sister. Uh, I'm the oldest of the three. And my whole life, my parents have always had restaurants. So literally, I'm, you know, I tell people I didn't have a backyard. I literally had a kitchen and yeah. a dining room. And What know. kind of restaurants? Th these were uh, Mexican restaurants in uh, Houston, okay. Bel, Bel Air area. Yep. And uh, Like we, upscale Mexican? No, no, no. Middle of the road. Okay. Middle of the road. And, uh, you know, my, my family has always had restaurants. I think my uncle in Houston had the very first Mexican restaurant in downtown Houston in the 60s and 70s. Oh, no kidding. What's yeah. the name of it? Uh, my last name, Armentas. Armentas. That's what I was going to guess. I seriously was. W was it like um, Benito's here? What would you compare it to? That's what is coming in my mind. I Benito's, don't know. Benito's, okay. uh, uh, you know, just massive. You know, my dad actually worked at that restaurant, and that's how he kind of got into the business. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, he said, you know, it was like 300 people at lunch and there was no computers. It was just people screaming, hey, I need 25 enchiladas. And yeah. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, man, that sounds chaotic. Yeah. <laughs> so you were born into the industry, right? And That's right. Did you always know, though, as early on that you wanted to do the same thing at some level? Well, kind of. You know, I I, uh, I remember when I turned like 14, 13, I remember like, okay, hey, you know, I kind of want to get a little job, you know whether it's cutting yards or whatever. And, yeah. And uh, my dad was like, hey, just work in the restaurant. We get out of school after basketball practice or football practice and do that. So I, dinner for, free, for free, yeah. right? For free. Th yes. <laughs> uh, for free. And, and then, you know, I kind of started working back there and learning. And yeah. you know, when we opened uh, our Mensa's in San Angelo, because we moved from Houston to San Angelo, um, we me and my mom were side by side working together because uh -huh. my dad had his regular job working as a chef and he needed to keep that income so that we can continue to build yeah. the business. And that's kind of how it started. It was just me and my mom side by side. And, yeah. you know, I kind of got into it. And then finally my dad quit his job. You know, I started working next to my dad and I would ask him like, man, you're so fast. You're so good. You know, how long is it going to take me to get like, you know, as good as you? Yeah. And he's like, well, probably six years. I was like, what? I was thinking like next month. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it, it kind of like 
messed me up. So every day I'd go in there and I'd just try and I'd try and try. And finally, you know, I'm, um, you know, I'm, I'm about to graduate high school and uh, I knew that I wanted to go to college to go do learn business. Yeah. And, uh, you know, something was calling me deep down inside saying, hey, you know, uh, that's great and all, but you know, my passion was the restaurants and the food. And, uh, and I like, the speed, right? You know, there's something about the energy. Yeah. You're in there in the nighttime. You ever worked at a restaurant, JW? I've not. No. It's like a stress that gets in you. Like you, it's a vibe. Do you know I this? Agree. Do you know this that you're talking about? It's adrenaline. Right. And the cooking is more, more than the bartending sure. or the waiting tables or anything. The cooking is like, it's this. Yeah, I don't know what it so is. So you forego for went you forego for went to college. I went to I went to Angelo State, okay. San Angelo. Yeah. Um, and it was my freshman year. And uh that end of the summer, um, that year, you know, I had fun. I was partying, I was yeah. you know, doing the deal. And uh, you know, I was talking to my dad, I'm like, you know, I kinda wanna try culinary school. Because, you know, I would cook at the restaurant and people would literally tip me and be like, Hey, I want to send this to the guy, whoever cooked it back there. And I was like, what's this for? Yeah. Would you do like different things? Like different a little things. bit different from your dad? I would have people be like, Hey, just make me something. And I was like, all right. So I'd make it. And you know, I would like to see the reaction and I would see them eat it. And I don't even know if they knew who I was. Yeah. They just thought I was just yeah. a guy in the back mm -hmm. just doing my thing. When I was a little shorter cook in college, I would do things like instead of American cheese, I'd put like cheddar. Boy, on a chicken you, breast. You were a crazy, crazy man. I know. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so that's kind of how that transpired, sure. you know. What I, kind uh, of little things would it be, though, for real? Like, you, what would you do, like, just kind of take it just to little next level? I would make, there was this guy that would come in, and he would come in, like, at 4.30. Nobody was in there. And I would make, like, the seafood stew for him. And I would just, you know, I'd put shrimp and fish and, uh, crab meat and I would just make this up randomly and he was like wow season it like a special seasoning of your own I, yeah I would just you know I would see what was in the kitchen and mm -hmm. kind of just say hey I'm gonna throw this together this together and I would make like this like this stew and it was just like like you know I, I would like to see these people's face afterwards yeah be like wow that was amazing and that's when I had a feeling I was like you know I think I'm good at this yeah you know because my mom was in a phenomenal phenomenal cook she was uh just incredible and i and i you know i remember as a kid asking these questions like hey mom what do i look for in a perfect avocado what do i look for in a tomato how do you know and then i would sit there and you know just listen to her and watch her do it and then that's how i kind of picked up on it yeah so culinary school ha happened uh well no what, let me backtrack a little bit so uh, I was going to call culinary school that year. Um, I got accepted to Johnson and Wales in the fall. My dad was like, all right, you're going to head out. So that summer I was like, you know, I'm just going to have a good time because I'm leaving the state of Texas. Never really left. Where's that culinary school? In South Carolina, Johnson okay. and Wales. And uh, I, I was accepted. A friend of mine said, hey, you know, you have all this talent. You should put your resume out there and just see what happens. I was like, no, I want to go to culinary school. She was like, but just try it. It'd be fun. Yeah. So they're going to make you do that at school anyway. Well, halfway through, she said that. And I was like kind of intrigued by it. So she, you know, she helped me with my resume. We put it on monster.com uh, back in the day. If you guys remember that. <laughs> yes, oh did. yeah. Uh, that's why we're here for leap. <laughs> <laughs> we, we got the jobs like that. That's awesome. <laughs> so I did that 
and it comes back where all these hits were like, want to interview me. And they were going to fly me to Phoenix. They're going to fly me to um, Boston. And for these interviews, I'm like, man, I've never even left Texas. And yeah. People want to hire me. So I met this company that I was really intrigued by. And there was two things why I was intrigued. One, the name of the company was Houston's. And the, the, the date it opened was my birthday in 1977. So I was like, man, I'm intrigued. Click the button. And they were going to pay me. And this is in 2000. Mm -hmm. They were going to pay me $35,000 a year. And they were going to send me to culinary school. And I was going to get to work with these high level chefs in Napa Valley. And I was like, dude, this yeah. is perfect. I get to get yeah. paid and I get to learn. Yeah. And you'd get to go out there too and yes. live out there. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So I was like, Hmm, culinary school sounds cool, but if I can make money and learn, yeah, that's even better. So yeah. I took this route and it, I don't know if you've heard of Houston's or Hillstone. Yeah, for sure. Fantastic. Some of these restaurants. Yep. Uh, so, you know, I, I got hired on as a front of the house manager with an opportunity to also learn the kitchen and go to culinary school at the CIA in um, New York, Greystone, oh, okay. Napa. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. And my dad's like, are you sure? I'm like, well, daddy, you know, I'm, I was 20 years old and making $35,000 a year. I'm like, dad, that sounds pretty good to me. Yeah. <laughs> I've made it. Yeah. And so I start with this company. I move up through the ranks. I become one of three executive chefs of the company. Um, I was living in Los Angeles, Beverly Hills, and I was in charge of a certain region. I'd fly down here, fly down there. And, you know, it was a, it was an unbelievable experience. And uh, Did you really love it? Like you loved what you're doing immediately? I'm going to tell you that it was like divorcing my wife. I felt that was the kind of feeling that I would... <laughs> In my Most people would say Mary, but you go ahead with that, Philippe. Like that's good. This is a family show here. No, I'm kidding. You, you know what I mean? Like it, it would yeah. it would it would put a lump in my throat just to think about it. I'm like, oh my God. And you know, at the time I'm 31. Yeah. So I'd been there for 10 years. Yeah. And I was leaving to open my my first restaurant in West Texas. And I was like, man, I'm making a lot of money. I'm the boss. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And then I thought about backing out that last day. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to have to back out. But then I was like, well, I owe all this money for this new building. All these people are moving there because of me. Because I was scared. I was scared. Yeah. I was scared. And I said, you know what? I said, I got to finish this mission because these people are believing in me. Yeah. So I, I packed up my stuff. I moved back with my mom and dad. I sold every single thing I had. I put every single penny I had in this restaurant. Literally, I had only a car and a suitcase. Mm -hmm. And uh, I opened that restaurant and, you know, the the building opens and, you know, I, I talked to the contractor. He sit, gives me a budget that we went over budget by quarter million dollars. And I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> what do I do? Yeah. What was the name of it? The Grill. Still the grill. there. Okay. It's 14 years old. And that's how long I've been gone. Still, still yours? Still mine. Beautiful. And uh, it's tiny. And but you do you want that? I was talking to somebody about a restaurant and kind of like that New York thing is you want it always to look packed, right? Like there's something to that. Like so important. Only so many tables. So it always looks packed. Like if you go to a restaurant that's too big, like big old uh, barbecue place. I mean, there's too many empty seats there, right? It doesn't have the same allure. It doesn't have the same energy. Mm -hmm. And 
the harder you make it to people to get in, the better place and vibe it is. And that's how small it was. It was tiny. And, uh, you know, I just said, okay, I'm just going to take it one day at a time. And, you know, I, I started uh, one of my best friends, uh, John Nestor. He came down. Uh, he was living in Paris. He quit. He used to work with me at Hillstone. He left Paris Culinary School, came down with me. He's like, listen, I, I just need a place to hang out, party for a little bit, but I'll help you. <laughs> you just pay me some cash every week. And I don't wake up before 4 p.m. I'll see you at the restaurant at 6. He had a deal. Yeah. I had, I told you I had a car. I kept my car, so I had a Corvette. And he was like, I not get to use your Corvette. Mm. I was like, all right, done. <laughs> so he comes down there, meets his wife, falls in love with San Angelo, helps me build the business. As we're building the business, he's like, dude, you're you're making a lot of money. This is a good deal. So he said... Um, was it because you were spending so much time at the restaurant? Like you were just, you I, enjoyed what you were doing, so you, it didn't, you weren't going anywhere else. You didn't have to, right? It, literally. He and my dad would hang out, party every night, and, be, and my dad became his best friend. <laughs> and I was at home in bed at eight because I had to be there at five. Yeah. And but you loved what you were doing, right? I love, I love it. And I will say this. I loved it, but I cooked every single person's food for the first two years. Mm -hmm. Every oh, wow. single person's food. And uh, to ensure that it was perfect. For a chef, you look extraordinarily healthy, too. You do not look like most chefs, like totally exhausted, stressed, that kind of thing. You, you look as if you do take care of yourself in that regard. Very, very important. Mm -hmm. I totally do that. Um, I, I try to work out every single day. I try to eat right. I try to... You know, um, you name it, I yeah. do it. So, yeah. so from the grill, what happened next? The next so the grill, I brought in John as a partner, and we did cork and pig, and we opened it on the other side of town, and it was a success. And then I was like, all right, so I guess this is what we're doing. So, long story short, I finally decided to move to. I was like, listen, I, San Angeles was great. I got to get back to an A market. I can't be. I lift literally Beverly Hills to go to San Angelo. Like, yeah, that's not gonna work for me yeah <laughs> so uh, how long in san angelo then i was there two years okay so i you know i used to live in dallas i used to you know i, I knew the area and i had some family here and i was like you know i'm gonna try fort worth so i came to fort worth i met a girl she was from arlington she's now my wife and uh um uh, i said hey i'm gonna i'm just gonna open a restaurant here so i literally moved here got an apartment had my businesses in Fort at St. Angela, but I looked for two weeks and I saw uh, the tavern. And I had seen that location three years prior because I came down to buy equipment. I was like, man, this is a good restaurant location. I well, what was there then? Snookies. Yes, but was like, but, but it was it Ronnie's there before? Was this pre um, the grocery store? Um, no, it's no. next to the grocery store. No, I know, but I, but but no, but, it was a furniture store. That's right. Yeah, like the the, the thing had changed. That, that when you went there, it was not. It was like Marvin's was across the street. Marvin's. Right? Yeah, it was just me. It was Marvin's, us, um, not Trader Joe's. It was Ronnie's, nope. right? Yeah, yeah. It's like before it became Trader Joe's. Yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, I, I look at this location. I'm like, man, this is a good restaurant location. So I went back by there, got this guy's number, said uh, releasing. And it wasn't supposed to be that space, but he goes, hey, their lease is about to come up. I was like, well, I've been looking at that for years. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I I, took it, I got it, you know, and 
you know, Fort Worth was a really tricky situation because I was new. Nobody knew who I was. Uh, I was there, you know, my dad, it was me and my dad and my girlfriend, my wife now. And uh, we would just sit there and literally I would cook every single plate and hand deliver it to every single guest. What was it about those nachos that you did there? Amazing. There was something about them that forced me to drink like 12 beers in a sitting. I don't know what it was, but it, it, it was like the perfect You're dating yourself because I know you don't drink and you haven't for a while. But. Yeah. <laughs> no, but the nachos, they were heaped on. They were just like the perfect bar food, right? They really and it were. was never too much to where it was like, oh, I'm so full, you know? it was No, they were phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, we you can still order them there. They're not on the menu, but they're a quiche item. And my son and, and my wife still love them. They, they were them all the mm -hmm. time. What was the next after the tavern? So after the tavern, I came back. I opened uh, I opened Cork and Pig in Odessa. And that was another really kind of crazy story because the owner of that property is a TCU alumni, uh, Colin Sewell. Okay. And he came down here. He was going to a TCU football game, walked in. And it's like, listen, I want you to open Odessa. And I was like, well, it's kind of far. I really don't want to go out there. He's like, listen, I'll do whatever it takes. He shook my hand. I was like, all right, let's go. Wow. Doing Odessa. What kind of like concept is cork and pig? It's a, it's kind of like the tavern, American mm -hmm. Grill. Yeah. But with a wood-burning pizzeria. Yeah, yeah. So it's got the best of both worlds. Yeah. You know, it, 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 it it's just very unique. Mm -hmm. And uh, I did that. Uh, and then right after that, I did... Pacific Table, Fort Worth. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I looked at that place when I, it had been empty forever. It used to be an old Italian restaurant there. Mm -hmm. And I just fell in love with it. I was like, you know, yeah, people think I'm crazy that I'm going back to this corner, but I think it's a great location. You like corners, don't you? I do. Why? Uh, you know. I, you like corner bars too. I do. I do. And, and I don't, I don't know why, but it, it just, it drew my attention and, and, uh, you know, I would ask people, hey, I'm going to open there. They'd be like, you're crazy. That's You're hidden. You're in the back. And that place kind of took off. Mm -hmm. And it was like fire for forever. And uh, I did that. And then after that, I did that, I did Press Cafe. Mm -hmm. Did they come to you or you went to them? Yeah. Crazy story as well. I'm sitting there at uh, the tavern. And a gentleman, Crawford Edwards, uh, comes in and he's like, hey, uh, you got time? Take a ride with me? And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? So he takes me to this ranch. I mean, there was no toll road. There was none of this was yeah. here. Yeah. And we're going. He puts it on four by four and we're just <laughs> cruising. And he's like, look, I'd like for you to open a restaurant here. I was like, all right. I go, how far away? He's like, oh, it's about two years away. Uh, you know, it's my family's ranch. It's going to be this, going to be that. And I was like, all right, great. So time goes by and the toll road is just getting going and I hadn't heard from him back. So mm -hmm. I was like, I call him one day. I'm like, Hey Crawford, how, how's everything going? He's like, Oh man, great, man. I, you know what? I totally forgot to give you a call back. <laughs> and I just uh, jammed a development through city council. <laughs> so we're ready for you now. <laughs> it kind of happened that way. So he's got this building with nobody in it and uh, it's where press is now. And he's like, um, I was going to have you go in the shops closer to Neiman Marcus, but I think, I think you would fit better here. And I, was looked at, I looked at there and I was like, all right, well, there's nobody here, but I can see why it's going to be good. And I was like, all right, let's do it. 
Yeah. And we kind of just shook hands that day, and mm-hmm. that was another deal. Where'd you get the name? Like, what does that mean? You know, um, you know, his big thing was he wanted uh we were going to be next to a bike shop. He told me that next to Mellow Johnny's, which was Lance Armstrong. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, that's kind of cool. And he's like, you know, these bikers wake up early. So kind of thinking like a breakfast, lunch, and dinner kind of place. And I was like, all right. And then we were thinking, you know, it was, uh, there was a movie that came out and it was, uh, it was called Chef. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a really, really good movie. Is that your favorite movie by chance? Not favorite, but it's good. <laughs> What's it about? It's about this guy <laughs> who, He's got this Michelin star in LA and, you know, he gets a fight with the owner and the owner wants a menu and he wants to do his own thing. They, they go at it. He quits and gets his own food truck and they do a bunch of press sandwiches like paninis. Mm, and Cubans. Cubans. Mm-hmm. And then I was thinking, well, if we have to wake up early, it'd be cool to do press coffee. Yeah. And then press sandwiches and, you know, cause press has a lot of sandwiches. Yeah. And, uh, that was kind of my, my thought behind it. And then, I was like, all right, so we, you know, I came up with this concept. I came up with this menu. You buy a bunch of George Foreman's for the I, pressing of them. I thought about it, but <laughs> and and you know what? They actually not George Foreman. We actually bought Panini Press, and yeah. they, they couldn't keep up, so we got rid of it. Yeah, because uh, you know, Press opened up like like a like a I don't know like a I think hurricane is right a hurricane. Yeah. Do they do they just use then like the metal thing for the pressing now? Yeah. Is that what you do? Is you just gonna get that thing real hot and just shh, we like do an iron thing, and, and and we still have the the panini presses there, mm-hmm. but they, it would just take so long. Yeah, so yeah. we needed to improvise, and uh, we did. And you know that I, in my mind, I thought that place would you know, you know, it, it'll be busy, but it's small. You know how busy yeah. can it be? No, it that that winter we opened up January fifth, and that winter was a warm winter. And I would pray, I would sit there and pray every day that snow would hit or rain would hit because just we couldn't keep up. So, yeah. It you was, would pray for a break in business? Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. I was like, please let these people stop coming here. Well, think about it. It was one of the first restaurants in Fort Worth, besides maybe if you went to the Botanic Garden, that real old little restaurant in there, where you're kind of eating amongst nature, man. I mean, like the, the, at that time, you're either in a, eating in a strip center of some kind. You're amongst nature in that thing you know totally and you know i was just like so you know we built a restaurant to kind of fit the sales of what i thought we were going to do but we blew that that out of the water so i had to redesign the whole restaurant as we're open because i'm like we just can't keep up yeah so that was kind of crazy menu's all yours right that's all your that's right that's right the salmon the salmon dinner is the is my, my favorite thing this is the crazy thing about this guy is all these restaurants that he's, he's uh, opened and runs, there's somebody, one of your restaurants is everybody's favorite. They have one of yours as their favorite. And Press is one of mine and Pacific Table. And it, it, it's amazing. Every time you do one of these things, it becomes wildly popular. You have a true gift for uh, the, the restaurant tour business. But it's, it's awesome. like it's like simple enough to get your mind around to order it. But then when you eat it, it's complex enough to be like, that's the best one I've ever had in that category, I right? That's fair. I mean, like the nachos at the tavern, like the um, salad with the tuna at the press cafe or yep. the chicken, you know, it's just like, it, it, it's, it's, and then it becomes the go-to. It's like, I don't care what else is on the menu. I'm not trying anything else. This is what I like. It's always delivered. I'm going to just get it again. Why would I not? Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, we're, we are creatures of habit and, you know, I think 
you know, when you get your luck, your, your favorite thing, you know what you want. You know, yeah. You know, you well, and it. I think understanding that is beautiful because too many times you go into these places and it's like, we do all this and this and this. It's like, I don't want that. I mean, like, I'm not into exotic, like, I'm not into like, Hey, here I have the, the bravery of trying. I just want, I want that, you know, I think it's really good. Did the press cafe then, then the next one was Maria's? No, Press Cafe, uh, the next one was... Um, Town Grill? Nope, nope. It was Cork and Pig West Cork 7th. Pig. Okay, very good. And we were there for five years. Uh, you know, when I first moved to Fort Worth, West 7th was like the new shiny... Yeah. The new shiny thing. And it was great back in the day. And it kind of just really started turning into a bar. Yeah. And our clientele went from the kind of clientele that we try to cater with families. Is that on the circle? Yep. Okay. Families and, and uh, you know, just, you know, people, date nights and, you know, just that kind of clientele, you know, and it turned into a bar and, you know, we'd, we'd roll up one day and then somebody had thrown up all over our patio or, <laughs> you know, somebody had written all over our door. Yeah. And it just started turning into this and then we were finally like, you know what, we have an opportunity to leave and, you know, we loved having that cork and pig concept here, mm -hmm. but it just was, it the location wasn't for us anymore. Yeah. And so we had, a, you know, COVID hit and, you know, there was an opportunity to, to basically get out of our lease because it was time, time was up mm -hmm. and we just kind of locked. So is that from your restaurant standpoint, is that when you change kind of brands? It's like, let something that was there be there. And even if you're doing a lot of the same dishes, put a new name, new spin on it. Like, don't try to replicate different geographic locations is one thing, like faraway cities. But don't try to take something that was here and and redo it here kind of thing. Is that kind of like a trick? It is. Trick? And, you know, locations change. You know, areas change. You know, it just it just depends where it's going. But, you know, I thought for the brand and for what we did, it just wasn't what who we were. And, yeah. Um, that whole area has changed drastically. You know, I, I think my buddy of mine told me last week that somebody just got shot down there last weekend. Right. Yeah. So that tells you right there that, you know, that's not what we're about. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's good to hear, by the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so we opened that. And then after that, we opened. Uh, what did we open? It's got so many. It's getting hard. It's getting far. Oh, no, no. I opened a Red Oak Kitchen in Odessa. Okay. And that's a, that's a you know, it's kind of American kind of cuisine, but it's right next to Quirk and Pig. Our cork and pig out there is one of the busiest restaurants that I own. Mm -hmm. uh, every single person that eats there orders their own appetizer, their own entree, and their own dessert. Wow. Every single person. Because they want to or because? Because they want to and they like to eat. That's good. Yeah. It's a meat and potatoes kind of town. Okay. But they like to eat. Do you ever go like, man, I'm not going out? Like, why would you go out to like, I mean, like to Midland? And obviously the demand is there, but... Is it ever like, I don't have a family member out there. Who am I going to trust to run this thing? Did those things cross your mind? Like, I mean, how am I going to find the good people? And then I'm going to be back in Fort Worth five hours away or whatever. And how am I going to manage all this? I think about that. So as I'm looking at these satellite locations, I'm thinking of who can move there that I can trust. Yeah. Who can who can keep an eye on it? Because, you, you know, this business is very volatile and... You know, it's it's one of those businesses where you saying there's skimmers in this business. Yeah, big time, <laughs> big time.
big time. So, you know, that's something to keep an eye on, but you have to have good people, good systems in place. And if you have those things, it's possible. Yeah. And uh, I totally, the, all those stuff were running through my mind, but we opened that restaurant and uh, um, it's been, you know, out there has just been, it's just been crazy. Mm -hmm. It never slows down. Even when the oil's, the barrel's at $20 a barrel, um, it's still fire out right. there. Yeah. When did the idea to do what every son should do, honor their mother with a hit restaurant, when did that, when did that come into, into, into your life? That, okay, so COVID's going on and, you know, I was, I was actually in Colorado the day the shutdown happened. I think it was March 16th, I believe. And, uh, on vacation or looking for a location on vacation. I just bought a condo there three days prior mm -hmm. and then COVID happened. No, I take that back. I bought a condo. It was supposed to close on that Monday. The banks closed. I can't even close on my house. They're telling me that all my money and escrow, it's, it's gone if I don't pay. So then I'm looking at my wife. I'm like, what do I do? Yeah. The whole world's shutting down. Yeah. And they, I mean, they're going to lose all my money or I'm going to have to write a big check. What do I do? So I just bite the bullet and, and I had to buy the place cash Ooh. and the whole world shut down. I, I, you know, I, I, I told my managers and I'm like, look, here's what we're going to do. I'm coming back tomorrow. Uh, I couldn't find a flight back. Drive. The state was shut down so you couldn't even cross the lines after like midnight so i find a rent a car I, I pack up everybody in it i have a bunch of kids by the way mm -hmm. pack them all in there and we, we we start driving back home and um i, I you know I, I get out of colorado i'm getting closer to texas and you know i, I told my managers i'm like look here's what we're gonna do we're gonna shut down completely i don't want you to go let's just shut down completely let's make sure that everybody stays safe and healthy i knew that the government was going to help with like, you know, at least keeping people's uh, roofs over their heads. So, yeah. so yeah. I said, okay, so what we're going to do, we're going to shut down completely until it's okay to open back up. We're going to go ahead and um, basically, I just wanted to make sure that our staff and our managers were fed. So I said, hey, we're going to give you guys food every week until we open back up. Yeah. So we would do these meal kits preps with you know rice and eggs and milk and you know uh chicken and beef and you know i would order these shipments once a week mm -hmm. and they would get there the guys would get there take their food home and once a week we do it again and we would continue to do this we did it for eight weeks and you know we were going to open back up and when we opened back up i guess doing this for the staff uh we got every single one of our employees back yeah you know, so we open back up, we're back in full business. We're at 25% occupancy and at 25% occupancy, we were even from last year. You know what I bet they heard That's at home incredible. a lot uh, when they picked up those ready to make kits? This doesn't taste like it does when Felipe cooks it. <laughs> what are you doing here? <sighs> I believe that. But you know, it was, it was a good, it was a good thing to do because we kept our staff, we kept everybody and, and uh, yeah. So, um, it's, it's 2020 and, uh, I think, I believe it's May. Yeah, it's May and it's mother's day. And that morning my buddy's like, Hey, let's go for a ride on the bikes. So I'm cruising down biking and he's like, uh, Hey, I also wanted, wanted to show you that Hofbra is not signing their lease. Do you want it? I was like, let's go right down there. So we rode down there and we look at it. And I'm like, 
Were you on a bicycle, like pedal assist? Or oh, yeah. What kind no, of no, bike? not pedal. Just like, okay. real, like yeah. real pedaling. <laughs> like hard work. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I pull up there and I look at it. And I'm like, man, this place is run down. Uh, but I love the location. Mm -hmm. And it was Mother's Day, the day that I saw it. And I said, hey, I'm going to open a restaurant here. I'm going to do a Mexican restaurant. I'm going to name it Maria's. It just hit you all right there. Right there. That's beautiful. No like pre-planning to that at all. It was meant to be. Yep. So a year, construction wasn't supposed to be a year, but it took, it was, I, in my mind, it was going to take six or seven months. Yeah. It ended up taking up a year, and we opened in 2021 on Mother's Day again. And it worked out to be That's like great. perfect. Perfect. So, you know, it was one of those things where I know my mom was looking down from heaven and I named it after her because yeah. she had died. And, uh, you know, she meant everything to me with food. And and uh, I, I, that was my way to pay. That's awesome, well man. Well yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what's a typical day in your life look like? Um. Okay, so I get up. Um, I get up. Just depends when I get up. You know, I don't really have an alarm. It's in my mind, I have an alarm. So You're I get up usually about 7, 7.30. And... Uh, I uh, I get up, brush my teeth, go to my office. I uh, I'm I work out. I either jump on a bike or I do indoor bike cycling. Mm -hmm. uh, if it's hot now, I'm definitely doing it inside. Yeah. And then I go around our neighborhood and kind of just do two and a half miles like that. Yeah. And then I come back. I I read the Bible for about 10, 15 minutes. I meditate, I shower, and I go to work. So when I go to work, I, I usually try to get to one of the restaurants by 10.30 to try to, you know, we do something at our restaurants called Taste Plate. So we literally taste the entire menu before we open. Every single dressing, every single sauce, every single item. And if something doesn't make it, then we, we have 30 minutes to fix it or we just don't serve that item that day. Oh. Till we every it. day? Every single day. Huh. Well, that explains some things then on the quality of the food for sure. It is very, very important to have that consistency. You know, I once heard that the, what's where most restaurateurs fail is that what happens, they open a place, that initial wave comes in. They It's from a food distributor guy, my brother-in-law. Food, uh, And they all come in there. They love it. Then the owner's like, see, this is going to work out. Starts paying himself pretty well and all. Then it settles into what the normal crowd's going to be. The newness is over. Somebody goes in. They're, they're like, I'm not going to cut my wages. You know, everyone's doing good. I'm going to stay at this. So the first thing they do is cut the food, like the quality. product quality. Then the person goes back for the second time and they're like, you know, I, I went the first time on the opening. It was beautiful, great. Then I went back the second time. It sucked. I'm never going back again. And it's like the story of why these restaurants don't make it. Is that true? Is there Very truth true. to that? Yeah. You know, you got to stay on quality. And I, I'm a firm believer, consistency, quality. If you can nail those things, you're going to be successful. Philippe, do you have any questions for the Brenton Payne show? We got <laughs> I'm just prefacing a very large question yes. here. Thank you for your question. <laughs> uh, what are the biggest difficulties you, you run into doing all this? Now, I believe it's staffing. It used to never be. Right. Yeah. It used to never, especially in this town. Yeah. Man, we had some of the best staff in the world forever. You only in the state of Texas? Only in the state of Texas. Would you go in other states? I yes, I'm looking at it. Um, Would you go in other states where things like marijuana are legal in the service industry? Because I've heard that's caused a lot of problems on that staffing stuff too. It has just from a like quality standpoint. Please continue. I mean, mm -hmm. you're obviously going down a thread here. <laughs> no, I just heard that it's harder. It's hard to get good workers in states 
where that's not an issue, and it's even harder to get good workers where there's all kinds of distractions. You I know, th- I think it's just hard. Period. Yeah, right now it. it I see it everywhere. I see it at uh, not only this state but other states where I vacation, and and you know I just I I don't know what the answer is, and I think you know I I think we we need to do a better job of teaching the younger generation of what hard work does. Mm-hmm. I'm still yeah. working on Brenton, but you know I'll give you an update <laughs> and, and respect. Maybe we can go into the respect right. thing too. That, yeah, that's often falling off on this show too. <laughs> What's what's the what does the future look for you? What's coming next? Uh, a couple things. So um, I'm signing a lease, hopefully today or maybe Monday. For uh, I'm doing a French restaurant called Cafe, Cafe Margot. It's going to be on Bel Air and Hewland. Yeah, very nice. Um, I am uh, looking really hard at the stockyards, twisting my arm to go out there. Yeah, uh, I'm looking at Plano, looking at doing a Pacific Table in South Lake. Um, I'm opening, uh, a Pacific table in Midland, Odessa, Midland. And I'm also looking at Houston right now. Is it easier to just do the same concept somewhere else? Or is it easier to just do a new concept? No, it's definitely easier to do the same concept. The only reason I'm doing different concepts is so that I can kind of fill it up and pick and choose kind of where I want to go. And what yeah. I do. And then have more variety to That's right. put them out there in different places. That's right. Yeah. Not to add more pressure, but I see a sign on the west side of Fort Worth. Uh, I forgot is, about that. Yeah, is that is what's the deal with that? So th- that's it's going to be Italian, and uh, I'm going to do like an Italian uh, restaurant with a, a bakery and a deli shop, and you know, really big patio on the corner there on Team Ranch Road, kind of overlooking Fort Worth, and uh, hopefully that should be open. And construction plans are almost done, and then hopefully construction will start in two months. You ever go like, I got too much? I've got too much going on? Doesn't seem like it. I think I'd be get bored. Yeah. Really? I mean, you but, always kind of add. But I will say this. I love to, I like to create things. Yeah. You know, and I love design. And I love buildings. And I love buildings. You like that beginner's curve kind of thing where you're learning the most by doing those things. Like kind of. It's just fun. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my wife tells me all the time. She's like, because I said I was going to retire at. 50. Mm-hmm. So that's in six years. And she's like, there's no way you're going to retire. I was like, well, I probably won't. Yeah. But maybe my, my, my plate will be less full, you know, but you know, I, I will say this, you know, I feel like this conversation has all been about me and which is great, but you know, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. First and foremost, if I wasn't blessed and, and two, um, if I didn't have the right team around me. Yeah. I was about to ask like, how big is that back office look? you know, with all the books and everything. Is it just like the one-man show at home or no? There's like a big office. We have a corporate team now. So, mm-hmm. you know, we have a director of operations. We have a culinary manager. We have a human resources and uh, accounting manager. And, you know, it's, it's starting to finally fill up. And, you know, it, it feels like a really big company now. You know, I think I have over a 1,000 employees. Wow. 1,000 employees. Wow. Yeah, I was about to ask you that. But that's got to feel good, too, because it, probably feels like things aren't that things are getting taken care of they're not anticipating always an emergency kind of deal right right you know and and i think the more the more you have people that want to achieve the same goal around you the easier to get to that goal is yeah yeah other than your restaurants what is your favorite restaurant in fort worth 
Man, that's hard. Ooh. This will uh, be some high praise, hopefully. I know. This is hard, man. Um, Do you ever go out to other restaurants? Yeah, totally, all the time. Uh, you know, my, my, the McDonald's on 183 or Camp Bowie, which of those might you say has the, <laughs> the best? Waffle House right there in 183. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Less uh, flies. <laughs> no, we, uh, you know, we do it. We do everything. You know, I have kids. So now these days I have to like kind of pick my spots around the kids. So, you know, we go, we go to Heim barbecue after mm. the baseball games, West, the West, you know, side. Side. Oh, yeah. West side. Yeah. And then we, uh, where else do we go? How many kids? Like, we have four kids. Four kids. Oh yeah. How old? Nine, six, two and six months. Great. Wow. Job. Um, busy, busy. Yeah. So, you know, we, I mean, you name it, we go everywhere. I don't know if I would say favorite, but, you know, my favorite stuff. Um, man, that's hard. Like, simple. You like the simple, though. I like simple. Like, yeah. You know, I like simple. You know, I, I will say this. I just, I, w I went to a restaurant in Dallas last week. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's called Carbone. Mm -hmm. It's from New York. It's brand have, new. They have a Michelin star. Yeah. Yep. And the food was fabulous. Like that was, I was so impressed and I had a time of my life. Oh, that's good. Does that inspire you possibly? Oh yeah. I'm Are you now, making some notes on the napkin? Like, yeah. I'm like, oh, it's on now. Mm. All right. Before we get out of here, we have a few more, but most importantly, I wanted to get you to talk about your car collection. Once upon a time, you started getting into cars. I did. And you, boy, you have knocked it out of the park. Can we talk about that for a second? Yeah, of course. So I've always loved cars. I've always been intrigued and fascinated by them and, you know, I remember living in our little house in San Angelo and just watching this movie with my, you know, we and my brothers and sisters, my mom and dad would work. So I was basically taking care of everybody. And that's really where I learned how to cook. Yeah. I would grab like old cookbooks my mom would have and I would sit there and make them a recipe out of there. And then we would sit down and watch, you know, movies. And I remember seeing this like red Lamborghini and I remember telling my brother, I'm like, I'm going to have one of those. And mm -hmm. he was like, yeah, right. And I'm like, no, I'm serious. I'm going to have one. So it kind of started off like that real young. And then, you know, when I. Was I it Cannonball it, Run? No. <laughs> okay. But, but you know, I, I I first started off with Corvettes. And I was like, oh, man, I like Corvettes at school. And, and then it just kind of just evolved into, you know, Lamborghinis and Ferraris and Porsches and. Four GTs. Four GTs. Yep. You know, I just got a, a new one, a 2022 Ford GT. And it, it was limited. You had a. They interviewed me so if I could have the car or not. Oh, wow. Mm. Nice. So they had to know if you were a, a law-abiding citizen. They wanted to know what was your other car collection. They wanted to know if you were an influential person. They wanted to know uh, all the cars you've ever had. They wanted to know every address you've ever lived in. Like, literally, they wanted to know. Make sure you're yeah. not a drug dealer or something right. where yeah. there could be yeah. some bad stuff happen around But that you car. were 1977, you said, right? Yeah. Like, so the, that poster of that Lambo. So what was that like buying that first Lambo, man? Because, like, everyone had that poster on the wall, you know. Man, it the was. The Countach, right? It was, yeah, that, that was it. And, it, it, you know, I, my first Lamborghini, I was like, wow, I did it. Actually, I bought that when I opened Pacific Table, mm -hmm. Fort Worth. I was like, man, I did it. I got a Lamborghini. Where'd you go? Over to Dallas to get it or something? Or you just, or? No, I bought it online. Mm -hmm. like on they the deliver internet. it? Yeah. Kind of crazy. That's how it works. Do yeah. You, do you drive them all on a regular basis? Where do you drive them? I, well, I'm very picky now where I drive them because you know, these roads are bad. And, <laughs> no, uh, no. 
Do and people tailgate you in Lambos? I don't know. You know what's the most terrifying thing about driving these cars is that people stop driving and they start doing this. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, or they do this, like the, oh, like the lead in. I yeah. like, I disappear. Yeah. So yeah. I, I like my favorite roads are um, the toll road. Yeah. Towards Cleburne. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're all, the, the, the concrete's smooth and there's no bumps or anything. Yeah. And then I like uh, max speed. You got enough to on there. 185. No kidding. Oh, I got a perfect stretch. Night or day. Both. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. That's Excellent. where I, that's where I do my testing. Sorry, police. Yeah, I was just, <laughs> I was looking for my siren button here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> do you have a favorite of all of all these cars? Oh, uh, man. Yes, I just got the new Lamborghini. I got a, a it, there's only it's a there's only 12 in the world. It's 11 of 12. There's only two in the US. It's called uh, Lamborghini Gallardo Blanc Pond, and it's all black. It's like complete stealth. And uh, inside too. Oh yeah, whole thing's black. Murdered out. Yeah, mm -hmm. literally. And I believe my son saw you driving somewhere, and he wanted he had to. He's a car guy. And he, he is. He believes you're some sort of race car driver at heart. Somehow. somehow. I am. Yes. I am. I yeah, I, I race cars it might too. Be true. Yes. Um, so I got this car, and, and uh. It's got it's 700 miles when I bought it. I just bought it like a month ago. And it had been sitting in a garage forever. The guy who had it was young, uh, uh, just kind of randomly died. And my friend's like, hey, man, I got this car. Do you want it? I'm like, yeah, I want it. And uh, it's it's just special because there's only two in the United yeah. States. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. yeah. Well done. That's my favorite right now. Easy to see. Easy to see. Um, I'm assuming Ford versus Ferrari was, you've probably seen it a few I've, times. A million times. Do you, do you appreciate what's happening there? I yeah. do. And and the cool thing about the, the Ford GT that I got, Ken Miles, the guy who won Le Mans, yep. I had the Ken Miles edition. Okay. So the car that he won Daytona, because remember, Ford, Mr. Ford, Henry Ford was didn't want him to drive in Le Mans. So the only reason he got to drive in Le Mans, he had to win Daytona. Oh, yeah. So I got the Daytona uh, winter car. Beautiful. What's your favorite car movie? Ford vs. Ferrari. Yeah. It's pretty great. Yeah, yeah. All right. What amazing job. You, I always thought you do keep a really low profile, but in, in a cool way. You don't blab out all the stuff that you're doing, and it's it's awesome. But kudos to your success. Appreciate it. So you're a really nice guy. I've known you for a little bit, but appreciate you very much. Keep on rocking. Fort Worth is proud to have you as one of its restaurant people because you do a hell of a job. And again, a lot of a lot of great great stuff you're putting out there. Keep it up. Appreciate uh, it. We're, we're very happy to have you. We always ask our our guests. Uh, aside from your kids and your wife and your family, what's the greatest day of your whole life? Wow, that's. You could go back and say it if it was like the car thing, which whatever. Will you let him answer? I just give. I'm he giving. Knows how to I'm answer opening. I'm opening it up in case he, he feels needs, like he he's he already said it. You know, man, he that's can probably hard. handle it. That's really really hard. But uh, uh, probably the first time I saw my son born, my firstborn. So you're going to family, and we we definitely can't allow that. Okay. So. See, that's why I opened it back up. All right. You, you did not on. help him, obviously. <laughs> All right. So, um, man, that's really tough. Uh, 
while you're talking, thinking, I'm going to tell you how great uh, Captex Bank is because they are the guys that make sure this is happening for us. Thank you, Mike Thomas, Captex. Thank you, Captex, for all of my Ferrari loans. One, it's right. If you need to buy a Ferrari, <laughs> you call Mike Thomas. Yes. He will find the way to get you in that Ferrari. I'm going to call him today. You yeah. probably should, yes. <laughs> and he'll give you that Ford GT, one of 12 in the world. The favorite day right, we've distracted of Philippe you. Armenta was or is... The day I got to meet Michael Jordan. Oh, okay. Turn that music down. Let's hear. Let's hear that story. All right. So we're uh, gambling, I, no less. No. So this is a crazy story. So remember, I kept saying I was praying for a cold day when press was opening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, my buddy calls me. He's like, "Hey, dude, I got tickets to go see uh, Seattle and Carolina uh, divisional playoff." I'm like, "Let's go." So where my cars get built, my fast cars, because I have like super fast cars, like. 2000 horsepower yeah where do you get like what kind the lamborghinis oh yeah so they're custom built so literally they rip out everything and they put all the forge and turn where are they or where in north it? carolina okay so i was like all right let's go i was gonna go look at one of my cars there let's go to the game let's do it it was snowing that weekend or cold flurries i'm like yes press is gonna be slow let's get out of here so we go up there uh my buddies who are in the car Dealer, or the car uh, shop there they pick us up we hang out they take us to dinner and uh that first night we were at dinner and we're looking over and he's like hey fleet you see who's right in front of you over there and i was like who it's michael jordan i was like whoa i was so impressed i was like man because mm -hmm. he as a kid he was my idol yeah. yeah to this day he's my idol yeah in a sense of hard working good leader mm -hmm. just ferocious yeah he, yep. wants, he wants to win so yeah. those are all the qualities that i believe yeah a good leader should have and um he's there and uh you know my buddy that's with me my best friend uh john he was gone i mean he had been drinking all day so he's like philippe i'm gonna go give him my business card with cork and pig on it tell him if he ever needs anything in yeah. carolina let me let me know. go ahead and put my sale on there for that's you right. michael as well so he goes <laughs> up there and i'm like no don't do it because i was worried that he was yeah. gonna fumble or yeah or something and you know, Michael Jordan turned out to be great, took his card, said hi to us, and got to meet him. And it was just kind of one of those. Was it like this? Yeah. He, you know, yeah. he's six six. He's he's tall. Yeah. But, you know, it, I just couldn't believe it was him. Yeah. You know, as a kid, I grew up and, you know, I, I he was he was my favorite ever. There you go, man. That is some Philippe good Armenta, stuff. thank you for joining us. Great job. Great dude. Keep it up. We appreciate it. FortitudeFortworth.com. We love you. Appreciate it. Thank, thank you. you. Fortitude Fort Worth.